Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dogeared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. Do I have permission to pop this cork? What are we drinking today? Well, let me tell you. Cremant d'Alsace. I think we've had this before by Charles. No, it's a type of champagne. It's from the Alsace region. Region. Um, this is Domaine Charles Bauer. So let's see if you have anything good to offer us, Charles. Chuck. Chuck, let's see if you got some good bubbles. So I'm reading a book right now, since you asked what I'm reading, and they reference that you're supposed to open champagne with the sound of a nun's fart. What? Yeah. I like to pop it, and I don't ever spill over, and I don't shoot corks. Very restrained. <laughs> um, but apparently, it's supposed to sound like a nun's fart. Just a just quiet release. That's how nuns fart? I guess. I've never heard a nun fart. I mean, if I became a nun, of. then... I would not be a whispering farter. <laughs> I don't think. Um, my well, because you're in the like, where you're in your what is it, the abbey or something? So uh-huh. quiet. There's like s- stone walls and shit. It would yeah. echo. I'm thinking of like the nuns and the sound of music. That's my experience with nuns. Yeah, they definitely don't make obnoxious sounds. Um, or if I were a nun, I'd go nanny for some hot rich guy, and they'd marry me. Yeah. That sounds very, <laughs> that's a trope, Ellen. <laughs> that's your weird nun I'm romance I'm, subgenre. I'm basic. You're such a basic nun. Um, But no, really, I am reading a book about nuns farting. Um, <laughs> good, good for you. It's called West Heart Kill. Okay. And it is a mystery with a very unusual format. It comes out this fall. It was recommended by our publishing rep um, as being very divisive. Either you're going to love it or hate it because of the unusual format. And that's um, the writer has written it. The author has written it in such a way that the book is talking to you as the reader. The reader is part of the story. They're telling you what you think and what you're suspecting and what you're observing. Okay, what are you reading, Ellen? I am reading Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. It comes out in September, and it's excellent. You know I'm a sucker for the coming-of-age precocious narrator. It's a thing. That's my trope. Um, But it's about this Korean-American family. And there are three children in this family. There's 20-year-old twins, Mia and John, and Eugene, a 14, the 14-year-old, and he is autistic and he has a form of Angelman syndrome. So he has difficulty communicating, difficulty with motor skills. Um, and the book is told from the perspective of Mia. And one morning, it's COVID, it's June 2020, they're all like cooped up together Every morning, their dad takes Eugene for a walk in the woods. And this one morning, Eugene comes running down the street, which running is not really a thing that he does, and no dad in sight. And the dad is missing. And so... 
But you told me from the very first page you were enthralled by the writing. Yeah, and the narrator's like kind of, I mean, she's funny. She's a little bit snarky and weird. I love it. We love snarky and weird. It's smart. It's smart writing. And it's really good, like, storytelling. Okay. So I'm not super far into it. Like, the police are investigating it. And the narrator does a lot of things where, like, if I had known then what I know now type of stuff. So you know, like, I don't know what the outcome is. I don't know where dad is. Um, But... She's sort of narrating their missteps, but I don't know why their missteps. Well, thank you for not spoiling the ending because I, I don't know this, the ending yet. This might be a special book for us. It might be a special book. Okay, speaking of special, first are we just cheersing randomly? Okay, no, cool. cheersing to okay. you joining me in your fortieth decade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fourth decade, fortieth year. God, you be old. You are so old, bitch. <laughs> Um, Ellen turned 40, you guys. I've been really depressed for a long time. I had to enter that era on my own. It was really sad. I abandoned you. Um, and <laughs> you wrote me, see, I don't get on Facebook very much. You wrote me a really nice Facebook message and I didn't write one for you. And you turned 40. And so this you is my love note to horrible. you. Ellen, the most special person <laughs> in my world. Ooh. Take that, Rachel. <laughs> I'm really Take that, Austin. You are spectacular at 40. The best you've ever been. The best I've ever been. Perfectly aged champagne. That's what you are. Excellent. So bubbly that's and what crisp. I, that's, that's what I'm aiming for all the time. Yeah, bubbly and crisp. back over here. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, what's really special, and some people who might follow our social media might know, we are born on neighboring days. I was the third. Yep. And you were the fourth. Yep. I was the oldest in our grade. You were like the youngest. Yep. And so I turned 40 last year and I turned 41 before you turned 40. <laughs> one day before I, I hate I turned you. 40. I'm a year we and a two, day. We were two years apart for one day. For two. Sort of. Yeah. For one, one <laughs> for day. For one day. I was so much older 41 than you. and I was 39. Right. So I hope you had a good birthday. What'd you do? I did have a good birthday. I It was hot as fuck out, so I didn't yeah. go to the parade. <laughs> yeah. That's a good um, choice. No, I just had some family and friends over in the afternoon. Did you have a good drink? Of course. Did you have a gin and tonic? I did. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> I had a couple gin and tonics. Good. My brother bought me a bottle of gin for my birthday. Oh, perfect. I drank gin on my birthday, too. I made an aviation. Ooh, you and, need to make me one of those. Yep. I also made a mezcal last word. Mm-hmm. So you remember my love affair with green chartreuse? Um, do I ever? Yep. So I had those two. And then I had a little bit of champagne. Not bad. I did not overdo it, contrary to my children's belief. I was very <laughs> responsible on my birthday, which is unusual. You were at least responsible adjacent. I was responsible adjacent. <laughs> and I did read on my birthday and I think spent time... By a body of water. That was really nice. Yeah. Oh, the other fun thing I did on my birthday was one of my favorite things to do is play Cards Against Humanity with my mom because. <laughs> you like to fuck with your mom. I, yeah, I do a little bit. Um, so my brother Mark was over and we talked to her into playing Cards Against Humanity. 
And of course, we like to save our best cards for when mom is the judge and has to read the answers yeah. aloud. So my favorite one that I gave her was, her the card was, my superpower is, and I played Roadhead. <laughs> so she had to read it out. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but you know what? Gina won Cards Against Humanity. So who am I to talk? Yeah. That's great. So in honor of our birthdays, we have granted ourselves imaginary wishes. So here's your giant cake with 40 candles on it. We get to alternate taking wishes. So if we got 40 book-related wishes for our birthday, with one bonus one for me because I'm so wise and old. Yeah, because you're old and we respect our elders. Yeah. (laughs) You're older. I expect you You to bow in deference to my white hairs. Because I definitely have more than you. Well, but you have lighter hair. I know. Than me, so I, they, you disguised it better. I know. If I have a gray hair, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> You're very youthful. Um, Although you know, I have. I definitely have more gray gray hairs than I did a few years ago. But when you teach middle school, they will tell you when you have gray hairs. They so, do. Oh God! They tell you all the things. They tell you if your outfit is not on point. Um. But yeah, they would often. Say, you have a gray hair, Mrs. Grimm. And then I'd be like, guess what his name is? And then it would be whatever kid told me that. <laughs> now your your white hairs are all named Rachel. Holden. <laughs> That's what their name Holden. <laughs> Holden Kenneth Graham. <laughs> or bookstore. I have nah, more white hairs. Nah. They, we don't we don't give you white hairs. Okay. Well, since you um had your birthday most recently, I'm gonna give you the first wish. What would you wish? I wish Tana French would write a new book. You know, it's been three years since the searcher. I Googled this shit the other day. Nothing. Radio silence from Tana. Tana French is my favorite mystery writer. Is so she on I, social media at all? I don't know. Is she Irish? Yeah. Yeah. But that that would be a wish. I, I want another Tana French book. I hear you. Related to this. Specifically in the Dublin Murder Squad, Tana. Okay. Hear that, Tana? Related to that, my favorite mystery writer is Louise Penny. And so my top wish would be that Louise Penny would do an author visit. You would shit your pants. I It would don't. not be a quiet nun fart. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very connected. Thank you. It would be like straight up diarrhea for like two weeks straight before and after. Um, if that doesn't entice you to come, yeah. Louise, I don't know what will. She owns a golden retriever. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm her people. You are. And you love her. No one loves her the way you love her. At least I'm like saying obsessed. Like there are probably weird obsessed people that she would be scared of. No, I haven't sent her in my underwear. Okay, good. But yes, Louise, this is your official invitation to visit Iowa. (laughs) Okay. In in this related to my last wish. I want Donna Tartt to write another book. She's like an every 10 years-ish So depressing. Person. So I feel like we're due. Okay, I'm going to change my next one because related, going on this trend of someone who doesn't write frequently enough, I really love Amar Tolls. He writes very unique stories with beauty and heart and... He only writes, like, I think every four or five years, but he just got started. He's only written three books, and it was a second career for him, so maybe he'll pick up speed, but I don't know. 
So Amor, come on, seriously, man. What are you doing with your time? I think he has a lot of money, so he doesn't have to work yeah, that hard. Amor, way to be selfish. Okay. What's your next one? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Scroll back up this document. Okay. Oh, I want hardcovers and paperbacks to release at the same time. You told our rep this, and I was like, oh, my God, that would be an ordering nightmare. Like, how many of well, each? Well, I well, you would just- We would learn, I guess. You, I would order basically all paperback, and hardcovers would be special orders. Because there are a lot of people who prefer a hardcover, like they like the way it looks or feels or whatever, but I think generally speaking- People prefer paperbacks because they are you. a lot more affordable. Right. Like, and we talked about this. It could be the hardcovers could be more exceptional. So, um, right. like Emily, our events dreamer, uh, <laughs> mentioned, it'd be really awesome if the hardcovers would come with like sprayed edges, like the fourth wing, yeah. you know, embossed covers. Special like artwork or features yeah. to it that mm-hmm. make it kind of collectible. collectible. Um, but yeah, I, right now, you know, hardcovers are running like $30 a book, which is pretty, you know, that's getting up there. So paperbacks are more affordable Mm -hmm. and there are some genres that release almost entirely new releases in paperback. Romance is one of them. And they do really well. they do super well. And I think people feel comfortable dropping, you know, $18 on a book more than $30 on a book. Okay. In contrast though, I would say no paperback kids books. I okay, I can, I can and I mean it. picture books. Picture books need to go hardcover only. Um, but I would say they can Is that go your without. Wish? No. Oh, okay. I'm just I'm just talking on the topic. Okay, okay. I'm not okay. wasting a wish. You already talked about it. Um, my next one is a very important wish. No book cover design would ever feature the back of a woman again. Back of her head, Here. back of her body, back of her legs. I know so we many... had a subscription book with the back of a woman, but the book but was there valuable. No, there were no bombers in the back. There were no bombers in the sky. That, that makes it sound like those other books are not valuable. They are valuable. I want them to write those books that have bombers. It can be World War II. It can be about a woman saving humanity. But I want a different cover design. That's all I'm saying. Like, let's go with a different trend. Yes, let's find a new way to represent historical fiction. Okay, what's your next wish, Ellen? Um, it is number seven. Okay. Jason Reynolds would visit the store. I've always wanted Jason Reynolds to visit the store. That would be your top author visit request, you think? I, it would be hard to say my top author request. Like if I could only choose one, I don't know who it would be. But Jason Reynolds would certainly be in the running. But he's always been someone I wanted to have at the store because he writes all ages, all kinds of genres. He does such amazing work. Like if you follow him on social media. He's like vivacious. The, the writing prompts he does. And he's prolific. And mm-hmm. so I feel like he's an author for everybody. Yeah. And he's doing important stuff mm-hmm. all the time. Right. I support you in that wish. I wish. Um, I wish Rachel wouldn't be such a fucking bitch. Hey, you're not your Rachel witch <laughs> yet. I haven't got Sorry, to Sorry, I'm not booking Jason. You're on here. You are on you're here. Maybe I should me. maybe I should fast track that wish. We'll get to it. Um I wish I could always remember character names. Okay. I have a problem with not remembering character names. So when I'm describing a book, like for a book club or an author event, I have to go back and study 
like the author name or the um did I say character names? I'm character a, names. I'm That's what I need. Okay character names. names. I wish I'd had I could remember plot details a little bit better mm. than I do because mm-hmm. I feel like after it's been a month or two since I've read a book, I remember the basic plot. Yeah. I remember like that I liked it or didn't really like it, but like the fine details of it just like are gone. Yeah. There's a few books that I can hold on to the fine Same. details. If it's like a book that like blew my mind, changed mm-hmm. my life kind of book. Or read it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, just like to the sound police is about to create the sound a disaster. Poli- the sound police just Rachel rolled up is to this table <laughs> with a crinkly ass popcorn bag and crinkly ass M&M bag. This is going to be As like she was opening the desk drawers. You know what, Rachel? We're never listening to you again. What's that biblical thing about don't throw stones when you live in, in glass, glass houses? House? I don't think they had glass in biblical times. It's that, that constant, oh, the log yeah. in your eye. Right? Yeah. I don't uh-huh. know what the fuck it is. You know what I mean. Don't You are such a hypocrite. Um, it's about he who has not sinned can throw the first stone. Yeah, no more stone throwing, Rachel. You sinner. Put your stones down. <laughs> Sound hey, sinner. sinner. You're almost there. Okay, give me number nine. Okay. Here's another Listen, author visit. I just watched her AP. HBO special in the Canyon Haze and I swooned. Brandi Carlisle has a book. I want her to come. I want her to sign the books. I want her to give a concert in the store and then I want to be best friends and I want her to let me come live on her compound with her and the twins. Thank you. Goodbye. That sounds very... I would learn to ride a, a four-wheeler, chop wood. I don't care. Come let me live there. Okay. I wish I would that... do anything for you, Brandy. I wish that notebooks that would... <laughs> Kissing the ground I walk on. Kiss that Rachel walks if on. Brandy would let me come live at the compound. I would kiss the ground Rachel walks on. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying a lot, Brandy. I wish that no books would arrive damaged. So That's we fair. just we just got a text <laughs> from the person who does our receiving. Love you, Tommy. Um she just opened a box that had a book that had a dust jacket <laughs> and the inner pages, but no cover like no binding no like actual hardcover so it's the pages and the dust jacket yes it's frustrating when you especially if it's like a book that someone has ordered in like special we don't normally carry it and then you have to like reorder it but yeah right and our publishers are generous in that we're able to claim damages we don't have to accept ripped dust jackets or dented corners or torn pages or weird other things that happen, dirty books. But when we're getting books in for the first time, if it's a new release and more than half of them are damaged, it prevents us from like properly introducing that book to the world. Yeah. It's really so sad. common damages would be like on a hardcover, like a ripped jacket or mm-hmm. um, dented corners mm-hmm. or spines, mm-hmm. things like that. It's really sad. And it's not their fault. It's the nature of shipping. I just wish sure. there was a magic, I guess, yeah, that's what I want. Um, a magic wand that is like super duper bubble wrap. Like they cannot be damaged in route. Okay. Okay. Here, this is the wish you've been waiting for, number 11. I wish Rachel would STF you. <laughs> <laughs> Book adjacent because she works at a bookstore. 
Okay, here's. No, no, you don't get a microphone. Say your show. You gave me the power to not STF you, except to you. So that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) No, to say STF you to you. Shut the fuck up, bitch. I don't even know what she's saying, people. Yeah, that's some balls, Rachel. <laughs> that's some balls. Um. Okay, what's your next? Wish? My this and is I my think lucky Rachel number. She did a very good job of demonstrating why why, <laughs> why that is my wish. <laughs> so thank you, Rachel. I want Amazon to be forced here to publish her printed sale prices on books. They are printed on the freaking book. The price indicates the value. It, well, it's it, a cost it's that the, the publishers cost, put yeah. in to pay their authors and to print it. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about, like, we don't shame people for shopping on Amazon. Like, we get that, mm-hmm. like, you get the same product for cheaper. Like, it's our obligation to provide you an experience that's better. But, like, if we – they're, like, losing money on books. Yeah, they literally are losing money on books to shape people's behavior. So when they first began, they were a book company. And um, as they evolved into the world-defining business they are, they've used cutthroat book pricing to manipulate people's behaviors, to yeah. draw them in to shop for other things. And I mean, things. they're selling books at the price that we have to buy them. So, like, we literally can't price match them. In they're the at business. cost. And what I think, what I wish more people would understand is that – Indie bookstores are adhering to fair market value. Mm-hmm. And we have agreed with one another that we price books the way the publisher prices them. We All of us in our industry are playing by the rules, mm-hmm. except for Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of frustrating sometimes if someone comes in and they're like, oh, I can get it cheaper on Amazon. I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. But did you discover it here? Yeah. Or also, like, are you aware that this is and, – and, I don't expect the average person to be aware mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're totally like not playing by the rules that the rest of us are playing by. Mm-hmm. But that is the case. Right. So what's your next wish? Uh yes. No parking meters on Main City Street. of Ames. God damn it. <laughs> Steve Shanker, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, no parking meters. Because when we have free parking days, we get so much business. I know. And lots of other cool downtown places in Iowa don't have parking meters. And also, our staff needs to be able to park. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. I think it also is an effort to shape the behaviors of our community right. to shop small and shop local. Like, if we cut the cost of parking out you of the You and I should go to agenda. city council and yeah. make that point. Kay. Exactly. Before the end of 2023, we'll go to city council. Okay, we're coming for you. And then we'll be like... <laughs> Hey, remember that time you shamed Mongoose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that we, was... we won't name you here. But, yeah. Um... Okay. My next wish is that Tom Hanks would narrate more audiobooks. He, so how many has he done? I know he I did mean, the he does Dutch his House, own, and he did his own. He did the Dutch House, and as far as I know, that's as far as it's gone. He does his own. But I just loved... Listening to him, oh my god, he it's does such a comfort. Have a lovely voice. It's so comforting. I want him to read me to sleep every night. I would listen to him to talk every night. It would be so comforting. I love how he'd be like, "Chapter three. He had just a Tom fun Hanks, way. Come be on our podcast. We would listen to you. You should. 
I happen to know that Tom Hanks, at least as of 20 years ago, had a brother who was who worked at Illinois, at the University of Illinois in Champaign as an entomologist. Yes. So How did you know that? That's not that far from here, Tom Hanks. It's only like six and a half hours. Go see your brother. Go come see your brother podcast. and come to dog-eared books. Hey, I was watching World Cup soccer or... Was it World Cup? No, it's like the pre-World Cup soccer. And my sister-in-law who played soccer was telling me that Dennis Rodman's daughter is like one of the best U.S. soccer players. That's cool. Yeah. She is really young um, and apparently hasn't had much of a relationship with him. Dennis Rodman, I I look this up because, you know, we go on these little Google binges. All I really remember, I I was into like watching the NBA at that time. I was super into the Phoenix Suns. But I remember he was like married to Carmen Electra briefly. Yes, (laughs) Yes, for nine days. (laughs) I read this. No, 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 no. It was... Yeah, I think it was nine days. It was a sh- it was short lived. Yeah, I know that he has been married three times. It sounds like the first marriage was like eighty six days or something, and he <laughs> had one child named Alex, a girl, and then I don't remember in what order. I think it was then he married Carmen Electra for nine days, and then he married for years a woman named Michelle, who apparently isn't a name brand, um, but had two children, a son who plays basketball and a daughter who plays soccer and had very little involvement in being a parent. And, but the children do credit him for giving them or them their, his athletic genes. So she says, I know I got these genes from my father, but I very much own what I've done with them. And so anyway, she had some killer goals that I watched. She's pretty cool. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my little oh, and Dennis Rodman just got a face tattoo of his current girlfriend. Yeah. It's on his cheek. She's it was, yeah, he was like, this is his last dance. He's like, he sees the end of his life and he's like, I love this woman. I love her for loving me. Like 62. That's not that old. Yeah, he maybe he knows something about himself. Well, he's probably lived hard. Okay, so that all stemmed from Tom Hanks. Okay. What's your next wish? Okay, so we have a collaborative Google Doc that we yeah. have not adequately Addressed. given our attention mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. It's a romance novel we're writing as a staff, and I wish that we would complete this novel, which is titled The Package, A Romance That Delivers. And it's all it's, based on Rachel's life. It's based on Rachel's love affair with the UPS driver. It is a, it is a storybook love affair. I mean, she works at a bookstore, and and it all happened I because <laughs> I will take some credit for her, their relationship. Yeah, because she went on a first date with him, and she was not feeling no, it. she was and not. I, and she I know told I'm us among all. other people who said it, but I was like, maybe he's just shy. Maybe it was like awkward for him. Give him another chance and look at them now. I know because Ellen's be an introvert. Their wedding. I am an introvert, and I so you know, understood it. I d- I do know what it feels like to be like super socially awkward for a while. Jordan, way to fight for her love. Way to like Good come job, back, Jordan. get over the hurdle. Good job, JoJo. You represent UPS well. You really <laughs> well well. <laughs> you really deliver. <laughs> but now, and Rachel loves your package. <laughs> Jordan moved on, though. That's a really sad thing. He moved on. We don't see him like, well, we see him like every once in a while. 
He's he you're feels talking impressed. about that chick we've seen him around town with. Be quiet. We're not, Rachel's not supposed to know. <laughs> All right. My next wish is that one of our loved authors. I agree with you on this one. Rufy sure. Thorpe would publish her second novel. So it we, might not be her fault. It could be the publishing world. We both read her first one, The Knockout Queen. It was so and we talented. Both loved it. Yeah. It was so talented. It was a little bit precocious coming of age. It's totally my jam. It's but it it was fantastic. So it's at our store if you want to sample Ruthie Thorpe. She's Australian, but I think she teaches creative writing in California. The, I Googled her like you were Googling. The Queen takes mm-hmm. place in California. Yeah. So I think she teaches creative writing. I don't know. I just don't know what the story is. So Ruthie, we're here for you. Oh, my God. Actually, when I was in Los Angeles, I went out to Santa Monica and I went to this little bookstore and um the oh fuck it it was fantastic it's new it just opened um and i can't think of it right now but they the employees who work there know Rufy. <gasps> and i said well just tell her we love her book she has fans in iowa we can't wait for her next book and they were, they didn't reveal any secrets but i'm just saying okay. she's known in santa monica obviously Rufy thorpe listens to this podcast yeah, totally. So she will receive this message. Ellen, oh, I feel bad for you on this wish. Tell me about it. <laughs> Explain. I said, I, could, I wish I could have the mental capacity to lead another book club. I know what one it is. Tell us. Okay, there's actually two I would okay. like to do. Okay. One I did before and abandoned. I enjoy book clubs, but like there's only so much between like reading for subscription mm-hmm. and reading for the two book clubs I already do, plus like personal book clubs I'm in you know you also want to read what kind of you feel like reading that maybe falls outside of that and so I just I don't think I could take on anymore but there are some cool book clubs I'd like to do which are books and beverages which we used to do Mm -hmm. which is there's no book attached you just come talk about what you're reading that I could probably read that right and then the other one um is an idea we would steal from what's the book page 158 page 158 uh, bookstore and they have a book club called what the fuck did I just read and I, I love that concept because so many times I do read a book and I'm like I don't know what the fuck that was but I liked it it's really <laughs> interesting it would be a difficult book club to select for because it would be, you don't it's hard like they don't come in a genre they're strange right you'd have to do a little bit of research and then when i was talking and i i totally forget his name but when i was talking to the guy who leads this book club he was like then they always dave re- dave they dave o- lucy oh you know so dave they always kind of rate the book of like how, how where is it on the wtf scale Ooh, i like <laughs> that i like it so anyway i think that would be fun to do right I just don't think I could do it right now. I find it really interesting um, that you, I feel like it's really honing into your teaching skills when you're leading these book clubs because you are an introvert, but this is an extroverted, I mean, to run a book club, you have to put yourself in front of people. I don't, I, I wouldn't say I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy it, but once I sort of know the people, so like the official book club, It's kind of, we get new people and that's always awesome, but there's kind of this core group and Mm -hmm. I feel like I know them well. I've been meeting with them once a month for like two years. Like we're. So you're in how many book clubs now? 
Okay, well, there's two. You're technically in mine. Two. I know, but I am so bad. I know. Um, Two for the store and then the one with you. And then I have one with my college friends. So four book clubs. Right. That's a lot. But I'm doing a lot of subscription. I'm reading ahead a lot for subscription. We read multiple books a month each to pick the best book for subscription. I think. So I feel like, I don't feel like it's a chore or anything. I just have a lot of. Assigned reading. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to the end of the year, you will have read more books than me. I don't know. I I think you're probably, you're definitely beating last year. I can't. I, I am, on, so I am on track to be last year. Although I was in a little bit of a slump, but I told you I picked up Happiness Falls last night, and, and I you just, just took off. I just took off with it. So yeah. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, I want to start reading that right away. So that's a good sign. Yeah, it's a really good sign. My wish, next wish, and I'll let you piggyback on this because I don't know if you is it gone? It's gone. You could get the next bottle. Ugh. Drunkards. My you, Rachel. Yeah, STFU. My next wish would be I wish I could meet Roald Dahl. I just I know you he just is so like one of my favorite books of all time is Boy, his autobiography of his childhood. And it I always tell kids, you have to read this. It's so fascinating because it helps explain where all his other books came from. He just had this slightly fucked up childhood, like abusive headmasters and weird, crazy adults and near death experiences and unusual family circumstances. And it's so compelling. Woo! (laughs) It's a two bottle episode. Um, Let me pour you off. I just really. Well, we're halfway. Oh, that hurt, Rachel. We're halfway through our wishes. Our first wish. So at this pace, two bottles should be adequate. Yeah, it should. It's a birthday one. So yeah, it's work. a birthday episode. You're right. We're drinking a natural wine this time. <laughs> this is where it gets healthy. A dry natural wine. That means it hasn't had anything added to it. Um, no dosage um, when it's finished. So nothing's added. It's just the grapes fermented. Okay. Um, so, and it is French. Okay, cool. But it's not champagne because it's not from Champagne. It looks like it's from, I don't know. Well, I think it would be cool to meet Roald Dahl too. What a mind, right? Yeah. Like the stories that he created. One of my goals would be to read some of the, apparently he wrote dark, fucked up shit. And it's referenced in my adult. Actually, I think a lot of his stuff is way, it's pretty dark. And that's why I love it because it reflects the reality of life but the way that like the titles and the style of it and then the like quentin blake illustrations yeah are, are juxtaposed against this actually pretty bleak <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> storytelling matilda and james and the giant peach were really formative books for me i really identified with matilda and her love of reading and those illustrations are just seared into my memory but um Roald Dahl is referenced in West Heart Kill, the mystery book I'm writing, because he wrote a mystery, a dark, creepy mystery, like an Edgar Allan Poe-style darkness. So I guess I'll have to read that now. I love when one book links you to another. If you can meet one dead author, do you have any ideas? Ooh, one dead author. Hmm. 
That's a tough question. Maybe J.D. Salinger. I know that... Not it is not for everybody, right? But I there is something about right. Oh, there's we all know the catcher in the rye. Mm-hmm. I have a child named Holden. Yeah, okay, who's the protagonist in that book? But actually, he has he was a fascinating person. He was a recluse, and he never released the rights to any of his published works, which there aren't actually that many. There's nine stories. There's Franny and Zoe. There's Seymour, but there's like. He doesn't have a lot out there, but he apparently he had tons of writing that he never published. That's so sad. And it won't be published until he's been dead long enough. <laughs> and if someone wants to turn it over, how um, long do you have to be dead? I don't. I don't know. A long time. Okay. But like he would never release the rights to Catcher in the Rye to be made into a movie, movie. or whatever. And he also like really didn't do interviews. He he truly was a recluse. But the way that he writes characters, so Donna Tart, the Goldfinch, we right. talked about Donna Tartt I can see it. I can see in it. In the Goldfinch, there is a family called the Barbers, and mm-hmm. they totally remind me of the Glass family that Salinger writes about in multiple stories. Um and in Franny and Zoe. Fascinating. So, and my dog is Zoe from Friends. <laughs> oh my god! I think I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So anyway, girl. I think he's a fascinating person, and I love the way he does. He writes characters, but the catcher, but catcher in the rye. When I was pregnant with Holden, we could not agree on a name. I actually wanted Theo, which is the main character in the Goldfinch, and my husband oh. vetoed that. And I was reading rereading Catcher in the Rye while I was pregnant. And I had this conversation with my husband. I was about eight. Well, it was actually just a couple of weeks before Holden was born. And I was like, well, what about Holden? He's precocious. He's, he's your like, favorite kind of and character. And he was like, well, we have an Atticus. And Atticus Finch, you know, we hold up as being this very, like, mm-hmm. you know, respectable, like. Hero. And, and, and Holden Caulfield's a fuck up. <laughs> he's like, well, what would that say? Like, But as I'm reading the book, I'm like, you know, Holden Caulfield was a hero in his own way. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't conform. And he believed in innocence and goodness. That's your child. And, you know, I don't know if my Holden is like that Holden, <laughs> but he's interesting. <laughs> We're going to invite Holden to future podcast, people. <laughs> Watch it. Buckle your seatbelt. Buckle up, because it's going to be interesting. <laughs> he told me <laughs> the other night, he cra- He always wants to fall asleep in our bed. Wait. See? So, so he sweet. crawled in bed. We were doing his bedtime. So Tyler and I were both in bed, and Holden was between us. And he was like... Holden goes, who do I think is the best snuggler? And I snuggled Tyler for a minute. And then he rolled over and he snuggled me. And I knew what the answer was going to be. Is he right? No. No, he loves your husband. I forgot. He loves Tyler. He's playing you. He goes, I like both your snuggles. But I like dad's just one little strawberry more. (laughs) Strawberry? (laughs) Apparently that's a measurement. Forget metric. It's strawberries. Okay. That's really and he, he tells me all the time that he really loves me, but he loves dad a little bit more. <laughs> Our kids are so fucking manipulative. <laughs> but he's cute enough. That it's okay. My Charlotte, who just got her learner's permit, and I'm very impressed by her navigation of the city. Like, she's been paying attention. She knows how to get places, which is kind of cool. But she's like... Yeah, I drove first with dad and I did my first drive through with dad, just so you know. 
I've already been to Starbucks with him. And I'm like, thanks. And you're like, I grew you. I introduced you to Starbucks when I had my. You wouldn't like Starbucks. If it weren't You wouldn't for even me. know what it is. Well, yeah. You might, but. I don't know. I okay. think it's all me. We digress. You may go on to. It's actually your wish next. And I oh, like this one because I just talked to my sister this morning about this. Okay. So I have never been to New York City. Mm hmm. And you have a sister who lives there. And we've talked for a while about maybe going out there, staying with your sister and hitting a bunch of bookstores. And one of the reasons we like to do this, because Ellen and I are students of bookstores. Yeah. I mean, it is an excuse to sort of vacation. But also, we really do. Like, when we go on these bookstore tours, we hit a shit ton of Every bookstore we possibly can. And we take, like, we literally will sit down and take notes. Yeah. We take notes afterwards. Thank you bookstores. We love you. Every indie is uniquely beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's just fun to visit other indies, but we learn a lot. Anyway, we've been talking about doing this New York trip and we I think we might actually do it. Soon. Lindsay says we can come. The last weekend of September. Listen up. Okay. Okay. Bookstores. And so my wish is that we go there and all the New York authors, <clears throat> mainly Nane Kwame, Nane Kwame, we'll buy you drinks. Come hang out with us and be on our podcast while we're in New York because I know he lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. And other people live in the area. And my sister lives in Brooklyn. (laughs) It's not that big. It's not that far. It's smaller than Ames. We can walk to your house. We will walk. (laughs) We will come to you. Rachel, it's your job to social media message him and say he might be on threads. He's really amazing. Followed him. Oh my God, his Twitter. I haven't even looked at it, Rachel, to be to be real. We're really to be real. <laughs> <laughs> you just social media. <laughs> Dad joked. <laughs> um, we dropped our kid off at camp. And I we were supposed to send a little letter to them every single day. And um, I made Austin write a dad joke about camp. Here's the dad joke. Let me see if I can get it um, right. Did you know you can't run at camp? You can't? No, you can only ran because it's past tense. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite pun jokes is um, if somebody says something is intense, I'll say, you know what else is intense? Camping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like whenever I drive by, whenever we drive by a cemetery, if my dad is in the car with me, Every single time he will say, Ellen, people are dying to get in there. <laughs> and every time he thinks that's funny. And he's been doing that since I was a small child. That's ridiculous. Okay. What's your next wish? Thank you for asking. I wish we had twice the amount of space. Let's Me talk about too. what we would do. We would have a historical fiction section. We would have double the romance section. We would divvy out mind, body, spirit into a number of different categories. Parenting, personal finance, religion, uh, meditation. We would have a, oh, what did I call it? It it was like hunt and gather. (laughs) We would have a hunt and gather for all the, I guess you're not. Yeah. We, you know, we are in the I feel like we're always in the process of ordering, but we have been in the process of ordering. And there are some books that look really cool, but we're like, where would we put it? Like, we don't have a place for We would it. have a coffee table section. We would have double the cookbooks. We Puzzles. Would, 
We would have so many puzzles. So many fucking puzzles. And games. And games. We would have a kids nonfiction section. We would have a translated section. We, we would, would expand have, our used books. We would double our used books at least, if not triple. We just got a bunch of used books this morning. So anyway. So that's the dream, you know. Maybe someday. Yeah. Okay. Your next wish is number 21. Lucky our 21. podcast would be super famous. Super. I wish that all indie books, so books sold to independent bookstores, would come signed. Yes. And a little a little bit related to that. Mm-hmm. I wish that publishers would prioritize independent bookstores. Yeah. I went to this session at Winter Institute, the Big Books Other Conference. Yeah. That was put on by bookshop.org. Yes. And I'm blanking on his name, but the head of bookshop.org gave the session and he made this very compelling case for why indie bookstores should be the priorities for publishers. Um, and I wish that, because sometimes it's like, oh, the signed edition goes to Barnes and Noble or it goes to Target or, it go, you know, it's like, yeah, I get that you're selling more books to them because they're a giant corporation, but like, we have the connection. Is there staff reading those books? Are they no. like lovingly selling those books? No. No. Nobody's talking about books at Target. Nobody's allowed to curate at BAM. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay. What's your wish? I okay. think this is interesting. Are you following them on social media? Because I was following them. No, I'm not. But like, I think we could go on vacation with Christina Lauren. Because they're in Europe they, right now at a Disney we could resort. co-write their next co-written novel. So it'd be like quadruple threat. Mm-hmm. And we would make bank. Yeah, because they're amazing. Yeah. And they were fun. I feel like it would be fun to hang out with I them. feel like they mom like we do. Yeah. I think we might be a corrupting influence, though. They might be more responsible than us. I doubt it. I mean, they pump out a lot. <clears throat> they're sexy, though. I love them. Okay, here's my switch. <laughs> Life would be easier. I wish that no books would ever go missing in the store. So we have a very accurate inventory. We have a great <laughs> inventory system. and Accurate-ish. Mostly accurate. But sometimes someone is like, do you have this book? So the other day, Ch- Ch- uh, Chaz Inglekiss? Yeah. Yeah. He came in. He's one of our local teachers. He and his wife and his kids are in on, uh, you know, they they... They're lovely. They farmers market. They're so adorable. His wife was wearing this cute hat. And they came in because they're reading, I think, Percy Jackson. And they're loving it with their kids. And they wanted to get a book about Greek mythology. And we have a really awesome DK is a publisher edition of mythology. Greek mythology. And they're like, it looks like you have one. And I was like, yes, we do. And so I was looking in our nonfiction section. I was like, fuck, I am such an idiot because they found it later. I was like, oh my God, it's missing. I don't know where it is. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I went, it, it was my failure. I could have seen where technically we had classed well, it. Yeah. It's not nonfiction. It's not in our kids' nonfiction second. Occasionally, you know, we're looking for a book for someone mm-hmm. and our system says we have it and it's not where it's supposed to be. Could be any number of reason, maybe. It's on display in the window. It could be on display. It could have been a receiving error. We didn't actually receive it. It could be that a customer's carrying it around or they put it back somewhere. And it's somewhere belong. belong. Yeah. But I love, this is how dedicated our staff is. I had to address them in a staff meeting and be like, 
don't freak out when we can't find a book. Because you're they scaring really the care. customers. Because they would be like, oh my gosh, have you seen this book? Have you seen this book? Like to everyone who's working. And it's like, okay, we're gonna, we want to find the book for the customer, but also we don't want to scare them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love your next wish. Thank you. Number 25. I wish Amanda would make a signature cocktail every day for every shift. You know, that might happen someday. I don't know. I don't think it will. We could have like a monthly signature cocktail day. Maybe if I like could harness my brain like you do, I think I could have like a fret and we can invite customers in, but it would be primarily for the benefit of the staff. And I would just stand there all day and I would just shake, shake, shake. Cocktail something. Hold on, we, have to, we have to think this through. Is there a number that starts with a C or a K? No. No. Fuck. There's not a lot of easy. F's. 14, 15, Drinks 40, 50. Libations. Drinks with Demanda. Drinks with Demanda. <laughs> okay, this is a good one to follow yours. Okay. All recipes and cookbooks and cocktail books would include a photo for every recipe. Mm. So I really like the visual. I think it's essential. So when I'm looking at cocktail and uh, cookbooks, we get to see visual representations or, you know, snippets of the pages. And if I see two back-to-back text-only pages, I'm like, oh. You're like, fuck this. It's not worth it. Like, when you guys are paying for a full cookbook, you expect a lot of visual representation. And you know what I just realized? Not many cookbooks have dust jackets. No, they don't. They got it figured out. I would kind of addendum that all... Other books would maybe adopt that. That if hardcovers came out, they did not have dust jackets. Yeah, yeah. that they were like all the damages on them are like that. Are yeah, du- are mostly dust. There jackets. are a lot of other, you know, there's dents and other things, but that it would eliminate a large number of damages and it would reduce costs. So that was a bonus one. Okay, twenty seven. I want Barbara Kingsolver to move into my house. Hear me out. What would you get out of it? Yeah, tell me about it. What Barbara Kingsolver like? would be like, like my next mom, my other mom. Okay, so Gina. I, I can't replace my mom. Okay, but I have this room at the back of my house. There's a piano. There's a bookshelf. I could give her a little desk. Yeah. She could, by the window, she could write her next great American novel. She writes would, a very like, good place-based. tea. Yeah. You know, like. You would, you would I, wait and I can just, like, on her. bask in the glow of her intellect and amazingness. I would help with that. I know you would. I would make her her cocktails as long as they didn't (laughs) impede her writing. Yeah. And um, what else could I do? I'd bring her dogs. She could write like a great Midwestern novel. Yeah. Do it. Hey, Barbara, that's an invite. Okay. One of the suggestions. I have a finished basement and I'll set up a nice room for you in there. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. That's where you're going to write your great American novel. Uh, Maybe. I wish I could experience the book Celine by Peter Heller for the first time. So that was a recommendation from one of our um, team here, Emily, our events manager. She was saying, I wish, or maybe Rachel echoed it as well. There are books that they could experience for the first time. So that was Rachel. Rachel suggested that. And I have to agree. There are moments, you know, when I read, I wish I could time travel back so it's not just experiencing the book for the first time. I feel like book and 
time have to align. You often talk about Barbara King Solver and the Poison Wood Bible the first time you read it. It didn't connect. It didn't land. But when you read it many years later, it blew your mind. And so I want to be the kid who read Matilda for the first time. I want to be the kid who read Anna Green Gables for the first time and re-experiencing those um, emotions of connecting Mm -hmm. and identifying with the books for the first time. But I remember in adulthood just really finding Celine magical. And I wrote Peter Heller and I said, the world needs more Celine. And he wrote me back and he said, I wrote this book because my mother had passed away and I was really missing her. And nearly everything in this book is autobiographical except for the adventure she goes on. That freaking blew my mind. His mom is fucking amazing. <laughs> and I still want to write him back and be like, hey, been thinking about it his next book is is more in his genre um very uh location-based environment-based with a little bit of a thriller my husband just read it and he enjoyed it very much but I need more Celine and I want to I want to be in that moment again I just remember thinking this person fascinates me or like you want to bottle that feeling when you read a book and this I think this is what keeps readers reading right you and I both read a lot of books, but like every now and then there's a book that's just like you remember where you were when you were like fit, maybe finishing the book and, and how you felt. And like the and you magic just bottle that feeling where you're like, wow, this the way I felt reading this or the way I felt in that moment. I mm-hmm. wish I could feel that with every book I read. And that's what you keep chasing. Right. You're like a drug addict. You're like, I want, I want high again. I want that. I, yeah. I and want it to sob so, like I did. With I tell the wolves I'm home in the my The delight. Yes, <laughs> tell the wolves I'm home. Oh, that was seriously when I was thinking about what book would I want to experience again. That was one I thought of. Yeah, you I and think, I both believe I in that one. Because that one, when it was in our book club. And when it was first brought up, I was like, that, I don't, I'm not interested in that. That's a weird title. It's a young Coming adult. of age. You know, it was... We have it shelved in fiction, but some people would call it young adult. It's a teenage protagonist. But I didn't really have an interest in reading the book, and I didn't know what it was about, but I read it for book club. And the last, like, two chapters of that book, I sat at my kitchen counter, and I just bawled through, like, the last two chapters of that book. I know. Me too. It broke my heart. It's just on my mantle because of that. I loved it so much. Yeah. And... I wish I, I don't know that I want to ball at every book I read, but just for a book to move me in the way that that book moved me. Or Chain Gang All-Stars. That book moved me in a way right. that I'm not normally moved by books. Right. <clears throat> I love your next wish. This is wish number 29. Free overnight book shipping. For us and for you. For, for everyone. For you. Well, I think... Part of the problem is we can get a, our hands on just about any book that's in print, but people and fairly Amazon, quickly, Evil A yeah. has trained people like that they can get it same day or within two days, right? Right. Instant yeah, that instant gratification thing. Thank you, Rachel. This is one time you don't have to shut the fuck up, and like we can actually get it for you pretty quickly. We'll place the order the next day, and we'll probably get it within like three to five business days, usually. Mm-hmm. But and we have so many customers who take advantage of we that do. when we understand the circumstances in which you can't. But we wish we had the power to grant you that next day delivery yep. or two day delivery, what have you. 
Okay, this is I because we record in our doghouse where we have this map of the United States. My wish is that we had a subscription subscriber in every state. Every state, including Alaska and Hawaii. That's like my great goal. So if you have friends in other states who love good books and, and want- And if you have a friend in Hawaii who wants to let us stay at their house. I mean, Katie does. We should talk to Katie about her oh, friend. yeah, Katie. Yeah, next bookstore trip. Hawaii bookstores. <laughs> there is one that we follow, we're Kona gonna, Books. We're just going to get a little too extreme with it. <laughs> I know. Someday. Um, yeah, I really want a subscriber in every state. So when I look over there, I can see Texas and California. We haven't worked that hard. Uh, Colorado, Illinois, Florida. We have people in a lot of states. And I just want a little a little bit of dog-eared books in every one of the states of the United States. So that's a goal for me. All right. This is Balti. I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. Yeah. Okay. So Iowa City is home to the Writers' Workshop, the Iowa Writers' Workshop, which cranks out some of the most amazing writers in the world. Right. So it is like the if you want to go to school for creative writing, it's like the best of the best. If you get into Iowa, like. And people confuse Ames and Iowa City all the time. are like, oh, you have the Writers' Workshop. And we're like, no, no, we don't. We have dog-eared books. Iowa City does. And Iowa City is also home to Prairie Lights Bookstore, which is iconic. It's been around for decades. It hosts, it has the benefit of being this community that's like very heavy and like um, respected writers. Mm-hmm. And they're closer to Chicago. So when people think of bookstores in Iowa, it's like Prairie Lights, Prairie Lights, Prairie Lights. My dream <laughs> would be to usurp Prairie Light status as the bookstore in Iowa. So when you think about an independent bookstore in Iowa, instead of going, you, you would think of dog-eared books. Gauntlet Throne. But I also, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. No. I respect what they're doing. I respect that they've been around a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. It's goals. Like, it's we want to work that hard that you yeah, we don't us in the same we, we, arena. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. We do a lot of kids ordering, and this is a, a thing we run into a lot. I wish kids television and movie media were never turned into books. The reason we don't order Bluey and the reason we don't order Paw Patrol is because kids see that and they see this kind of like addictive um, iconic characters, Pokemon would be another, um, that they're just like, I want that. I want that. I want that. And it's feeding this kind of like materialistic need. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I want, well, you want them to expand their horizons. You know, they're going to be on screen. You know, they're going to be consuming those stories. And it's also super commercial. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of art. There's no, there's not a lot of art to it. They just slap Bluey on it. And they're like, what? Like what? I can sell this to a kid. I can sell this to a kid. You put Bluey on it, they'll buy it. And so we just don't do that because when I've been in stores with my kids, I want them to look at the books I want them to discover their next great read. I want them to be curious, and I don't want them to see name brands flash at them that 
divert them from the their literary exploration. And so I the stores when before we owned a store that I loved most were the books without licensed is what they're called products. I know and you have always been pretty staunch in your belief about this. Yes. And I feel like we provide an experience for parents and families that allow their kids to explore their literary interests without distracting them. Now we do have some putty and some neato that kids get really excited about. Um, and we do that just because we want to be a place where you can get just about anything you need. If you want to get a gift for someone, you can you can find it here. And when we gift to our kids' friends, I always get them a book, but I can also give them a diary or some markers or a neato or a putty. Yeah. And so we want to be a place that you can come for just about anything Um in terms of your gifting interests and find what you need. But we try not to distract the kids with anything that isn't literary. So you're welcome. Um, Oh my God, I I feel like targeted. I feel targeted. You are being targeted. I want everyone on staff to get matching tattoos, bookish tattoos. I mean, yeah, I get it. I feel like we could pressure people by saying, if everyone gets a tattoo, the bookstore will pay for it, but only if everyone is on board. So then it would be peer pressure. I love the people <laughs> that we work with so much, so much. And I love what we do so much. Would you get my face tattooed on your arm? Hell no. <laughs> I would not get your face. Rachel would. I, if everyone on our staff got matching tattoos, I might do it. So um, in my family, it's Sue says no tattoos. That's like a catchphrase. Um, that's my mom. Well, my mom was like that too. But listen, when we were in college, so my brother and I are a year and a half apart. So basically the same age. When I got my nose pierced in college, my mom didn't talk to me for like weeks. My mom she cried when I got a fucking belly button tattoo. Meanwhile, my I mean, brother has a fucking sleeve of tattoos yeah. and she doesn't care. Already? Like, he had several. Who does she love more? I'm like, who's going to take care of you when you're old? It's yep. not him. Just yeah, but him. she must love you more. I'm just telling you. I don't think she loves me more, but that felt a little Targeted. sexist, mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have matching nose <laughs> piercings. We do. And we have had them since we signed our lease. That and was, I have never, I never pierced my nose before. So I did that for you because I love you. And you kept it. So I did. it's working for you. I love it so much. I feel like it's a badge of honor and I won't regret it. I mean, and if I ever, I always said like. You know I'm, what I was thinking about doing? What? I've been wanting to get like this pierced. Yeah. Go? No, that's cartilage. That sounds horrible. I don't like pain. You want to go, Rachel? Was. Um, my. My next wish. Rachel's a hippie. Rachel is a hippie. Dirty hippie. I wish we owned our own building and ran a book-themed Airbnb (laughs) from the upstairs apartment where we could crash when we'd have had too much champagne from our podcast. (laughs) Well, it leads into my next wish, which is that I wish I could live upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's kind of like everybody wants to live above. on the upstairs of our building. Like uh-huh. you, once our kids are all grown, you and Austin should live on one side and me and Tyler will live on the other. Okay. 
That sounds really That would be beautiful. amazing. It would be so much fun. The only downside would be if there was like some crisis at the store, they could just come upstairs and find me. <sighs> but my crisis, and I know you're not as committed to the dog lifestyle as I am, but I am very committed to the I dog know. lifestyle. I'd be like, there's no door to let dogs out to. We there's would no have yard. To. We would have to like take over the alley. We would have to go yeah. out every time and walk our dogs yeah, and let we them would. pee. I mean, in New York, my sister has to let the dog pee and poop on the sidewalk. That's like an acquired skill for dogs in New York. Regular dogs in the Midwest can't pee and poop on cement. That's true. It's really special. Speaking of my sister, I wish my sister would illustrate book covers. So Amanda's sister, Lindsay, is a very talented artist. Shout out Lindsay M. Burke. <laughs> Lindsay.m.burke at Instagram. She's on a deadline right now and she really regrets it. But she's coming home to Iowa, and she might let us come to her Brooklyn apartment, which might connect us. She might to- let us come. She's like, maybe. <laughs> no, she will. She will. You're like, can we come and do bookstore? She's like, mm, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I was literally talking to her this morning. I was like, okay, so we're going to come for four days, one travel day at the beginning and the end. I feel and like two I days- the shit with Lindsay. You can. She would love you so much. And... She, I was like, we're going to do two days, nonstop bookstores, but you have to find us lunch and you have to come and be my safety blanket and tell us how to get places. And I understand if you need to do something else, but kind of not. Like, you're ours. You're ours. four days, Lindsay. Yeah, and she, she is a great reader and she reads shit, like, that I wouldn't even read. Like, she... she weird yeah, she likes weird shit because she like paints she weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, she she is inspired by other authors, but I wish she would paint book covers. I wish Mariah's head <laughs> could accommodate most cats. Oh, poor Mariah. Because I love Mariah, and I know she feels like her head is too big for a lot of hats. And I wish she could wear all the hats that she ever wanted to wear, and that the book, Caps for Sale, was not triggering for her. I know, it's so triggering. All those hats can fit that dude's head. So rude. Oh, my God. Speaking of the patriarchy. My, <laughs> we were driving my kid off at camp and she was like, we were driving by the cabins and she was worried she was going to get a bad cabin, like not air conditioned or I don't know. I don't know what she thought. And we drove by. She's like, oh, those are the treehouse cabins. I was like, they look really crappy. And my husband's like, yeah, because the boys always get screwed. And I was like, beat. I was like, have you forgotten the fucking patriarchy? (laughs) Yeah, you're so screwed. You're so screwed. Really sucks. Yeah. I wish that books were never abridged. What the fuck? Who came up with that idea? You know, my grandparents had this bookshelf in their living room in Phoenix, and it was like all the Reader's Digest abridged versions. I get it a little bit. But I didn't know what that meant, so I was like, I've read Don Quixote, and I was like, nah, I haven't actually. But they had like these hardcover, actually beautifully bound, abridged editions of like classic books. And when I would go to their house, I would read them. I get it. It piques your interest. You get most of it. I get it. But who invented that idea? We will answer on a future, maybe blog post or something. Abridged fucking books. That's not what they intended. You want me to abridge this podcast? Hmm? Yeah, probably. We do that every once in a while. I 
realized late in life <laughs> that the audiobook edition of Anakin Gables that I've been listening to since my childhood is fucking abridged. What? When Shut I started up. reading Anakin Gables out loud to my children, I was like, what? This is not included in the audiobook version that I've been trying to listen to every night to fall asleep. <laughs> I got that far in and I was like, oh, you know, I need to rewatch the series. I have one of my core childhood memories is watching the PBS version, the PBS of Megan Anna follows Bring- of Megan follows when I had the chicken pox. Oh, I had the chicken pox and strep throat at the same time. And I was out of school for like three weeks. I was super sick. And I would lie on the couch in the basement and just watch Anna Green Gables. And I, I remember that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is your wish? 39 guys for getting there close. Okay. My last wish. Mm-hmm. I feel that so far 2023 has been an excellent year for books. Like the books coming out this year are high caliber books. Mm -hmm. So I wish that in 2024, they were as good or even better than 2023. Is Donna Tartt due? She, I think so. When was the Goldfinch published? I'll look. Goldfinch (laughs) book. I don't know. Find it. You have to abridge this. (laughs) All right, what are your last two wishes? Because you get a wish and then you get a bonus wish because you are the elder. Okay, you'll look it up. I I have two wishes. I wish that it, I am the elder and I am 40 <laughs> fucking and I, one. And I respect you. Bow. Um, I wish that all of my children would be lifelong readers, that they would always find enrichment in and love and comfort and identity and reading we all go through stages and i talk to kids or kids i shouldn't call them kids adults people in the store all the time we had someone in on saturday he was like just getting back into reading like oh my god welcome back i feel like it's bringing people into the fold i'm so happy for them yeah because life is better with reading people are better with reading relationships are better with reading the world is better i get that a lot with customers Mm -hmm. i was talking to a guy who actually works at the bank that we go to Mm -hmm. who was in with his husband or a partner i think his husband um recently and the husband's a reader and really wanted to get him back into reading and he wanted to and so I had this whole conversation with him like you know don't put pressure on yourself like it's not a chore like get the book that calls to you like Mm -hmm. if you're only reading a few minutes a day like that's okay like it's not about quantity it's not about like it's not a chore you just read for enjoyment and I said you know the more you do it your sort of stamina and your patience for things that maybe don't hold your attention as well will increase. Right. But you don't have to worry about that right now. There was a phase where we've talked about this different points in life where I wasn't a reader. I think oh, yeah, me too. Middle late, school? I think there was a little bit of time in high school where I wasn't reading that much me outside too. of Early high school. school. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a phase in motherhood where I wasn't reading that much because – I was fucking tired. I think for me. I had nothing extra. I've always been kind of an on and off reader. But in terms of like daily regular reading, 
2013, 2014. Was your gap? That's I think when I started, and I've been consistently since then been that way. I wouldn't be surprised if our overlap was was similar. I can't remember. Our book club is like, is it 12 years old? Something like that. But I would say that definitely it. I wasn't one of the initial founding members. It's okay. I know. I forget you. But also, I'm looking. Donna Tart is due because The Goldfinch was published in October 2013. Woo! It's been a decade, girl. <laughs> okay, so my bonus wish, and this is, a, I think all readers can relate to this, is that there would be a bonus day for every day we live. And in that bonus day, you would only read. So it would be like every other day. You would just get this like extra day that other people didn't get or everybody got it and they could use it however they want. So if you're going to live to be 93 times two, every day would get an extra day and you could use it for the thing you're most passionate about. And for me, that would be reading. And maybe you could like compartmentalize it. I don't, it can't be used for anything like a chore. It's just the thing you're most passionate about. And for me, that would be. Like your regular days are your regular shit you have to do. Right. Your bonus days are for the thing you love to do. Right. And that would be reading. And I don't know if you'd have to incorporate Sleep and eating and peeing and pooping and water. I mean, probably. Probably. Biologically speaking. Or it could be, a tw- I mean, ideally, it would be 24 hours straight of whatever you love as a bonus for the work you do in regular life. All right. Cheers to that. Cheers. What's popping at the store? Actually, commercial break. Commercial break, y'all. In case you missed it, Rag Bri is coming to Ames. It's the 50th anniversary of Rag Bri. And it's the original route. And guess what? Ames was on it because we're awesome. Downtown is excited to welcome the festivities and showcase all that our district has to offer. But Rag Bri is still in need of volunteers. You get a free t-shirt. Sign up at discoverames.com forward slash Rag forward slash ragbag dash volunteers it'll be in the show notes so sign up it's where the party's at we're so proud to welcome ragbag ellen will be there she and her husband are gonna party probably i've got him like kind of signed on so make ames proud if guys. not rachel will be there with me <laughs> all right serving beer you guys what's popping on the shelves this week this is why everyone was really on staff we have a lot of bts fans okay it oh, is God, beyond the story the 10-year history of bts it went on sale sunday we still have three exclusive as of this recording card packs that are like basically baseball training cards of the bts members so grab yours today have a little BTS love. So Mariah, who's a huge BTS fan, told me that she was expecting more of a picture book, like photo- a lot of photography, and there is some, but she said she was pleasantly surprised that uh, the amount of text in it. There's a lot of content on their 10-year history, and there are QR codes throughout the book that link you to exclusive content. That's pretty cool. Um, we have... A weird fruit covered. Love of good fruit covered. Like a, I mean, it's a theme in fiction right now. Crack open, a seeded fruit, and that's a cover. 
This is Ripe by Sarah Rose Etter, and it is a surreal novel about a woman in Silicon Valley who must decide how much she's willing to give up for success. So it's compared to rest and relaxation. Love Which that you book. Loved. Yeah, my year of rest and relaxation. It's basically like how I want to solve all my problems, which is fall asleep until it's over. <laughs> okay, we heard about this next one, Ellen, in our um, catalog review with Penguin Random House. It's a friend of Penguin Random House. Carnival of Curiosities by Amy Gibbs. So this is a gothic tale of like making a deal with the devil. Uh, so it's set in it's a murder at a circus, star-crossed lovers. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, it sounds people loved the night circus by um, Morgan Stern. And it was blurred by Colson Whitehead. Oh, yes. Which, I mean, come on. Everyone loves Colson. He is literary. Elite. Um, he is. Yeah. I totally geeked out at him at Winter Institute. <laughs> he is so cool. And he was very generous. <laughs> He's very generous to his he many fans. He was like, you're fucking crazy. So but sure, Coulson, I'll sign this book for you. Coulson belongs in, or believes in Carnival Curiosities. So check it out. It'll be in our fantasy section. And in romance, we have hardcover Hello Stranger. And it is about Sadie Montgomery, who... Literally can't see because she has a probably temporary condition of face blindness. You guys, this is what Brad Pitt has. And so I have to imagine that Catherine Center was informed by Brad Pitt's celebrity case of face blindness. So it's about falling in love while also not recognizing faces. And I would imagine the pivotal key is when she recognizes the face that's no longer a stranger i hope so um we also love a retelling we have the half-life of a stolen sister by rachel Cantor, and it is a reimagining of the bronte sisters if you are a bronte fan check this one out it's the three sisters their childhood and their adulthood and their careers Okay, so this next one, Sucker, which has a great cover by Daniel Hornsby, is sort of like um, a little Theranos vibes, Elizabeth Holm vibes, if you've been following that ordeal. So this is like the main character is the black sheep of this industry leader, and he starts working for a tech pioneer who's running a biomedical startup similar Gonna to Theranos. Going to solve all Theranos. our problems. Yeah. And, but it's... but. It has what their marketing is immortality. Obviously, there's other shit going on. Yeah, it's really dark. Okay, in paperback. Just a quick note on Maggie. Shut STFU. Maggie O'Farrell's The Marriage Portrait is the Medici family's story. And it is told from the portrait of one of the Demici women who is married off, but her life is captured in great artist of the times um, portrait. And it's all about portraiture, the Medici family, the tradition of marriage, um, the expenditure of women. It's really fantastic. And I'm so excited because there are some really exciting things coming out in kids' picture books. And what's funny is they're all kind of related. Oh, three of the four are related to Halloween. So something you need to know about kids' 
holiday books is that Halloween books come out in July. <laughs> Christmas books Which come out. Which makes it hard to choose a Halloween book for kids' yes. subscription. <laughs> ha- Christmas books come out in October. So you guys get excited for Halloween because The Skull, a Tyrolean folktale by John Classen, is like a long-form picture book retelling Tyrolean um, folktales with his amazing illustration. So he teams up with Mac Barnett often for the hat books. Um, that's my hat. You know, <laughs> I lost my hat. Um, they're circle squares, um, triangle. They have so many great combos that they've done together. But this is John Classen on his own retelling a Tyrolean folktale. Then we have Bruce um, by Ryan Higgins. That series continues with Bruce and the Legend of Soggy Hollows. Um, this will be a Halloween spooky tale related to Bruce the Bear and the Goslings that are now geese who are uh, part of his family. Grumpy Monkey, a favorite character by Max and Suzanne Lang. It's Grumpy Monkey, Don't Be Scared, a picture book. And then Rachel's favorite picture book of the year, The Duck Never Blinks by Alex Latimer. This was in contention for a subscription this month. It's Rachel's all-time favorite book of the year. She loves it. It is hilarious. Um, It fell for a delayed picture book that came out this month. So Duck Never Blinks is a fantastic book. Um, They're all out on a new release this week. What's popping in the store, Ellen? Tell me about my store time. All right, story time. Tomorrow, Wednesday the 12th, 10 a.m. Me and Lovey. And... We'll read Duck Never Blinks. My friend Alyssa's coming and bringing her son Mills, who... Is oh my three God. and you have never met. I've always I seen the pictures because he was born in COVID times. I can't wait. Um, she was at the store this morning. So oh my God. her kid's going to like camp and Ames. And I was like, she's like, I need something to do. That's so cool. I was like, come to story time. So anyway, she'll be there. Can't wait, Mills. Thursday, July 13th at 7 p.m. Monthly trivia. trivia. Ellen loves trivia because she thinks she's the smartest person in the world. No, and I, I don't. Mariah give her credit. thinks she's the smartest person in the world. Kay. I'm the second smartest person in the world. Mariah wins. Ellen gets second place. Right. You can register online at doggeardbooks.com. www.doggeardbooksames.com. Yep. And then Friday, the 14th, 5 to 6, totally graphic. This is our high school graphic novel book club. And that same night, this Friday, 7 to 10, our puzzle competition, there are still slots open. As of our recording, it is highly competitive. Highly competitive both to register and to win because we take our puzzling seriously. you're not seriously. a serious puzzler, get out. Yeah. I mean, but also register because we, we want you, you there. Um. And then Sunday, July 16th, 2 to 3, Cafe Philosophy. Don't know what they're discussing, but... It'll be the meaning of life. Yeah. They're sure the purpose of answers. humanity. <laughs> the purpose. All right. Keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Your Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Your Books Ames or at Dog Your Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>